Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our scripture reading for today is Psalm 138. Let us pray. Living God, help us to hear your holy word that we may truly understand, that understanding we may believe, and believing we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience, seeking your honor and glory in all that we do. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen, amen. All good gifts around us, they come from heaven above. Hey, so we're going to do a Hebrew word study to start the sermon and to bring a close to this Giving Thanks sermon series. We do these Hebrew word studies because the Hebrew from the Old Testament is part of our tradition as well. We as Christians are part of the three great Abrahamic faiths, the three great faiths of the world who claim Father Abraham and Mother Sarah as our forebears. We, along with our Muslim brothers and sisters and our Jewish sisters and brothers, we are a part of the great Abrahamic family. So we do Hebrew study because it's part of our heritage as well. And to be honest, on this day of all days, we do some Hebrew because it's a way to honor our sisters and brothers, Jewish friends, loved ones around the whole world, especially in Israel. So what happened on October 7th, the attack on Israel by these Hamas terrorists was a horrific and terrible thing. 
And sadly, what is happening even now in Gaza is a horrific and terrible thing. As I think about this and reflect on it, I'm instructed by the wisdom of Dr. William Yu, who was with us last month. He is professor of American religious history at Columbia Seminary. He's a friend of mine. William was speaking to us and talking to us about the history of American slavery and the church, the Presbyterian church in particular. And William helped me by drawing a distinction between complicated and this idea that it's contextual, that there's a context to all of this. He helped me understand that the situation is complex when you look at American slavery. All kinds of issues of economics and racism and regionalism, it's complex, but it's not complicated. He draws that distinction. Um, he says it was complex in all of those ways, but it wasn't complicated because the bottom line was that human beings claimed that they could own other human beings, and that was a lie. The situation in Israel-Gaza right now is complex. There's all kinds of layers of regionalism and religion and theology and class and race and culture, but it's not complicated. Women and men and children, people are suffering and dying. They did on October 7th. They're suffering and dying right now. It's not complicated. That's wrong. So it's complex. It's not complicated. I'll tell you, it's even been more disheartening as I'm reading about friends and persons across the country of Jewish heritage who are afraid to be wearing their Star of David necklaces in these days, who are wearing hats to cover up their yarmulkes because they're fearful that they will be targets. Let's just be clear. It's not complicated. We are Village Presbyterian Church, and we will stand and reject any form of anti-Semitism as evil and not to be accepted in this country and around the whole world. Let's be clear, too. We reject and see as evil an anti-Arab and anti-Muslim hatred as well. It's complex. It's not complicated. So we study Hebrew and talk about Hebrew because it's our heritage, but also to remember that there are sisters and brothers around us who need us to say to them, we are with you. So when you heard Elizabeth read the text for today, this is one of the great songs of the Hebrew people and our people. This is Psalm 138. And verse 2 says, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for the steadfast love and faithfulness of you, O God, for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. So that word, those words steadfast love in the Hebrew, it's one word. It's chesed. 
Some of you already know this much more than I do because you're smarter than me, and I'm grateful for that. Chesed, right? So the first syllable is in the back of your throat. Go. A little more. Oh, good. And then second syllable is said. So go chesed. Ready? Chesed. One more time. Chesed. Good. Chesed. One more time. Chesed. It's a little deeper. Go chesed. Chesed. Oh, nice, nice. So you got it, right? So it says, I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your chesed and faithfulness. Right? So this idea of hesed, the translation that we get in our New Revised Standard Version that you heard Elizabeth read, it says steadfast love. That is not a bad translation, but our English sort of hurts us right here because the English words don't give enough of the full meaning of hesed. Um, other translations say unfailing love. Other translations say enduring love. I get that, and that's also wonderful. Chesed is God's steadfast love, but there also is a part of chesed that is God's zeal. It's God's activity. It's almost God's aggressive love. So what I want you to understand is when the psalmist sings, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love. It is God's love shown to us this chesed that is enduring, it is steadfast, it is unfailing, but it's also aggressive. It's also pursuing. God will not leave you alone. God is going to love you no matter what, whether you like it or not, no matter where you are in your life, no matter who you are. This chesed, this steadfast love, no wonder the psalmist sings, I will give thanks to you, O God, for your chesed for your steadfast love that pursues me over and over and over again. That's why Bo Simpson Allen was up here. He's not going to have a lot of memory about this, although because I saw the phones out, he's going to be shown this for years and years to come. But this is chesed. The baptism of infants is all about God's steadfast love. It isn't about Bo saying, okay, I receive Christ as Lord and Savior. That's not the whole point. The point is God loves, pursues, and that's why we're grateful. Because God pursues us. God will not leave us alone. God will not abandon us. So when I was at Columbia Seminary, one of my good friends was a professor in theology named George Straup. And Dr. Straup would famously go around and say, you know, there are two kinds of Christians in the world. One kind of Christian is a bad news, good news Christian. The bad news is you are a sinner and you are going to hell. The good news is if you live a good enough life, you can earn God's grace. George Straup said, yeah, we Presbyterians, we're not the bad news, good news people. We're actually the good news, bad news people. He said, the good news is, God has chosen to save you. There is nothing you can do about that. The bad news is, in response to God's amazing grace, you got to be good anyway. We are good news, bad news people. God pursues you. God loves you with a tenacious, steadfast love. In response to that, we have to do our best to be faithful, to be good. So, another friend of mine at Columbia Seminary, the Reverend Dr. Shirley Guthrie, professor of theology also. I overlapped him by a year before he retired. Shirley Guthrie is a he. He's part of a southern tradition of using women's names for men. 
our pastor here for years, Thomas L. R., his middle name was Lorraine, which you can imagine was a huge hit in elementary school. (laughs) Shirley Guthrie's first name is Shirley. I would greet him across campus. I would see Dr. Guthrie. He wrote the most amazing text that I still think to this day is the finest Presbyterian theology book titled Christian Doctrine in the English language. Anyway, I'd see Dr. Guthrie across campus, and I would greet him and say, Professor Guthrie, good to see you. He would say, Professor Nishioka, good to see you. And I would say, how are you today? And Shirley had the same answer every single time. He would say, always grateful. Always grateful. I smiled at that. He retired, and a few years later, he was diagnosed with cancer, a stage four cancer, and Shirley decided he did not want to do anything about that didn't want to have chemo, didn't want to have radiation. He was content. So a number of us faculty members went over and visited him, sat with him when he was close to dying, greeted his wife Vivian, went into Shirley's room, his bedroom, it's dark, quiet, pulled up a chair, sat next to him, leaned in and said, hey, Shirley, this is Roger Nishioka. And he whispered, hello, professor. Good to see you. And I said, Shirley, how are you? And he whispered back, always grateful. In response to God's chesed, amazing love, always grateful. It needs to be taught to us, actually. I wish it came naturally, but it necessarily doesn't. It's a pattern that we live out in our lives. So when I was in Ghana, there staying with a family, I had students from the seminary. We were visiting Ghanaian Christians, learning more about what it means to be a Presbyterian and a Christian there in Ghana. We were in Tema, a coastal town about 15 miles due east of the capital city. We were doing homestays that weekend, so I got placed by myself with Mama Ayisi, a woman in her 80s. Beautiful woman, had her kids and grandkids in her small house. I displaced her and two of her daughters. They gave me their bedroom. The rest of them all stayed in two other bedrooms together. They fed me, walked me around, showed me what life was like in Tema. On Sunday morning, I was getting ready to leave. We were going to worship at their small church, and then we were going to get on a bus and head back to Accra, to the seminary there. As we were walking out of her house, I'll never forget this, we're walking out of her small house, beautiful house, she takes my hand and she puts in it a $5 Ghanaian bill, which is worth less than a dollar in U.S. And she said, this is for offering. It goes in the plate. I said, okay, thank you, Mama. I appreciate that. I didn't have the heart to tell her that I actually had on me on a money belt over $2,000 in U.S., $100 bills to give to that small church as an offering to say thank you for hosting us, myself and my students, during that weekend. I just took her $5 bill and I put it in my pocket, thinking I'll probably leave it later on when I leave her house. So we go to worship there at that wonderful Presbyterian church in Tema. Sermon was wonderful. I enjoyed hearing this pastor preach. And then came the offering. Some of you have experienced this. I know you have because you've told me. I would not experienced this before until that moment. 
In the Presbyterian Church in Ghana, parts of West Africa, actually I've learned since then other parts of the world, when the offering comes, the music is jubilant. There are no ushers like we have who come and pass the plate neatly, decently, and in order. When the offering comes in the Presbyterian Church in Ghana, people get up from their seats and they dance, literally dance down the aisle to this wonderful music. And the pastor stands there with an offering plate and baskets and there are other elders at the front and people come up and they put their offering into the plate across the front and they go back and they dance to their seats. It's this lovely, amazing moment. And so I am delighting in this. I've never seen this before. Didn't experience Presbyterians doing this before. And so I get up. This is so much West Africa. I get up and I'm moving down the aisle and I'm dancing along with everybody else and there are people who have these lovely handkerchiefs and they're waving and they have their money in one hand and they're going down and we're just dancing back and forth, right? And I put the $2,000 into the plate and I go dancing back up the aisle and I hit back and I go back to my seat. And people are just jubilant. They're laughing. It's all ages. It was so much fun. And then the pastor says, this is so wonderful. God has blessed us with so much. Let's give even more to God. Let's go again. And I thought, I don't, I don't have any more money. I just put all the $2,000. We're doing this twice? Like, that's not Presbyterian. We can't do this again, right? And so I'm thinking, but people started moving me out of the aisle, and I'm, so I'm, I'm dancing down the aisle thinking, oh my gosh, what do I do? I don't, they're going to watch the American professor with no money to put in the plate. I'm so embarrassed. And then, bam, there it is. Mama had given me a $5 Ghanaian bill. So I reach into my pocket and I start waving the bill and I wave my handkerchief and people are laughing and I catch mama's eye and she's nodding and smiling and I put the $5 bill in the plate and I danced back to my seat with everybody else. Chesed, God's steadfast love that pursues you. So yeah, that job may not have come through or you may have lost that job. Or that relationship could be broken and the marriage could be in danger. Or you've been hurt and you're struggling. Yeah. Hesed. God's steadfast love, God's tenacious love that pursues you and endures. So even in the midst of that pain and suffering and sadness, Hesed. God's steadfast love endures forever. That's why we're grateful this day and every day. It is God's grace that enables us to be a people of gratitude. It's good news. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.